Hi, everybody. Good evening. Um, we're in right after Easter, so it's been an interesting week weather-wise here in England. Um, I was enjoying the Easter Sunday, and then the next day it was like snow flurries. I don't know if you guys saw this where you're at. I kept thinking, what's going on? And then it's been really cold. I don't know where you're at, but if you've been having interesting weather, just say, hey, you know, uh, would love to know where you're watching from and uh, good to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, today I've got uh, one of our friends, uh, Christian Light, with us. He'll be joining us very soon. And um, Christian is an evangelist, amazing man of God. And in fact, he was actually one of the first people I met when we first came to England. Uh, Rakesh had been here in 2005 before I had, and I came in December. And uh, Christian was actually one of the first people who we met and my first dinner in um, in England was uh, hosted by Christian at um, a cafe in central London. So um, our history goes back quite a, a way. So we're going to have him here. But um, before we start, I think the question today is three words that you would use to describe yourselves. Um, my team wrote this question and uh, I asked my team members and um, Eben, who's you know behind the scenes today, he was stuck for a minute. He said, give me like a bit of time to answer the question. I asked Christian and Christian was like food, fire, you know, and um, I don't think it was funny. In my head, it was funny, but um, the first one, I'm not sure, but he'll probably tell you what it was. So um, three words. I kind of get stuck. I like what Sharon said. These kind of questions make me like this, but you know, I was thinking, um, I thought funny for myself, happy, um, my word name means love. So loving and, um, yeah, maybe funny there. Um, so anyway, these are the jokes for you for today. Why did the gym close out, close down? It just wasn't working out. I have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. What did the buffalo say when his son left for college? Bye, son. Oh, my gosh. I have one more. Why do scientists trust? Why don't scientists trust atoms? Because they make up everything. So I want to thank Rachel for sending these jokes in. And for those of you who want to reply to this, you can contact her at Rachel underscore G at capstone-church.org. Hallelujah. Anyway, thanks, Rachel, for the jokes. Um, some of the headlines today is that COVID deaths in England and Wales are down uh, by 92% since the peak. So let's praise God for that. Let's continue to pray for the vaccine program um, to be rolled out as are planned in the UK. Um, let's pr let's pray that the roadmap for the easing of the lo lockdown let just um, you know that it does happen and we can have an easing of the lo lockdown. Rachel is saying that it was Eben who sent in the jokes. Um, she's uh, she doesn't so Eben's email. I'll ask and I'll find out. Um, and let's also pray for the businesses that have been affected by the lockdown. And let's pray um, Joel too that the the Lord restores the years that the locusts have eaten. And I believe that we should be praying for this. Um, we should pray for our economy. We should pray for our country. We should pray, pray for the people who have been affected. So let's continue to pray for the nation. Um, um, one of the key scriptures I want to touch on today is Matthew 16, 24. And Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And um, I really like this, that 
you know, Jesus is speaking to people who had been following for some, some time. They'd been, you know, they'd been walking with him. But even to them, he says, if anyone would like to come after me, you have to deny themselves, take up the cross. And the cross it, for Jesus was what killed him. So, you know, that was the instrument of death. So sometimes in our Christian walk, there will be things that cause us to die that will cause the things that are, you know, very um, not that great in our lives to die, really. And we will have to take up the cross to follow Jesus. So I've been meditating on the scripture really post uh, for post Christmas, post Easter. And, um, you know, and so it's exciting times. I would like to introduce my guest who's coming up right now, Christian. When I first met him, he was the missions director and evangelist at Kensington Temple. Uh, for And he'd been there for 23 years, not when I met him. He is now the founder of M16 Revival, a team of revival missionaries who are passionate about renewing the Great Commission in the local church and the wider world. Now, Christian has a tremendous passion and a mandate to reach out to non-Christians in the UK with a call to stir hearts through prayer. And he practically inspires the church and trains the church to, to evangelize. And he, you know, and he, one thing I know about Christian is he's radical. Um, first time I saw him evangelize, he was on the streets of Ladbroke Grove. And that time I remember I we were standing with him. People were throwing stones and spitting, you know, they were doing both and we just continued. So it, I've seen, you know, Christian really evangelize. I've got a video from the M16 revival. If we can just put that. To keep holding up the gospel because yes. the power of God yes. is going to shape and change our nation. Amen. Yes. God wants to save you. He released forgiveness on the cross. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Christian, Christian Life, welcome to Revival Life. How are you today? Very good. How are you? Doing well. You know, Christian, I love to see you preach on the streets. I love to hear you preach anyway, but I love to see you preach on the streets. You're like on fire. What were the three words you described yourselves? Did I get it right? Well, I was going to say radical because you were talking about radical, but the words were passion, food, uh -huh. and fire. I don't know if they all go together, but that's what three <laughs> words are going to describe me tonight anyway. Passion. I, th I think the word passion. You. I mean, I. I was. We were talking a bit before the show, and I've said I've never seen you really like have an off day. We've known each other. I think we've. I, I met you in two two thousand five, and um, you actually um, taught evangelism at uh, IBIOL, where I did um, my course at on Christian ministry and. You did. And um, I, I mean, I would really love to hear how you started. How did you become a Christian, Christian? I don't become a Christian, Christian. I mean, I'll give you a thousand dollars every time someone has said that. You know, I already, I already bought into this radical generation 
Um, I was brought up in youth ministry uh, since I was about eight till 16, like everybody else. But they used to teach you and charge you, be a radical Christian, be a radical Christian. And my first confession of faith came in a Billy Graham crusade at Roker Park. Uh, stadium of Light is the new stadium now in Sunderland. And I remember going forward, my grandma took me. Uh, she went to heaven when she was 93, prayer warrior, determined to make sure that we be became Christians. And I got baptized when I was eight years old in a Baptist church in a little town called Ferry Hill in the northeast of England. And so eight years of my life was basically in the northeast, Newcastle, Durham, Darlington, you know, God's land, you know, the holy uh -huh. land. And um, out of there, you know, teenage years of craziness up and down as everybody experiences. And then one night, you know, in Norwich, um, a man called Steve Mawson, he's one of our youth leaders, was preaching and the fire of God fell. And I remember going forward in that meeting, repenting, became so convicted of my sin. No one asked me to repent. I was just saying, God, I'm sorry for messing up. And when I lifted my hands and got my feet, the fire of God just touched my body. And I'd never felt that before. I mean, I got baptized when I was eight, but I never felt that fire. And Jesus said, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I remember that being a distinct experience. And I never went back. I bought into being a radical Christian. Now, life's been up and down. We're real authentic, isn't it? You know, we went through struggles. But I, I bought into this radical, be radical, be loud and be bold for Jesus. And uh, that's how we continued as much as possible. So how did you realize that you were evangelist or is that like a, is that a title? What do you think? I mean, like, I, ne I never realized I was an evangelist. evangelist. I, mean, I was a shy boy. I never really talked much Aww. about it at school. But when I received the fire, something happened to me. I went back to school and I told them about Jesus. And I remember getting into an argument and a debate about evolution versus God. And I didn't uh -huh. have all the answers, but I said, listen, but Jesus has changed my life. And I remember moving on from there. Uh, someone just came up to me in the youth meeting and said, listen, I believe God's called you to be an evangelist. And I didn't even know what an evangelist was. So I went around telling people like a young teenager, God's called me to be an evangelist. How about you? What's your purpose? And that same youth leader told me, listen, go to Bible school. And I remember praying one night, should I go to America uh, to Roberts Leland's Bible School, or should I go to KT? Someone handed me this prospectus from a Rodney Howard Brown meeting, said, this is, this is a Bible school in, in London. And I remember wrestling one night, and four o'clock in the morning, I felt like God just told me, go to Kensington Temple, sign up. So I did the interview, and bang, I did two years training in the International Bible Institute in London in Kensington Temple under the ministry of senior leader Colin Dye. Cool. And so... Um, you you speak you always speak about fire you know um, uh, when you speak it's fire I've seen so what is like you you how does it what does it mean to be on fire for the Lord for you like when are you you, you know how do you know when you're not on fire how do you know when you are on fire Christian I think it's like being in love isn't it you know you know when you're in love and you know when you're not in love and for me the 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 secret place is the most important place if you'd ask me the key to the fire. You know, it, it's um, it was on my knees in my bedroom and I learned this. I would I'll be singing out to God, all the old choruses singing. You know, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And songs like that, you know, all honor, all glory, all power to you, you know, and singing like as, as a young boy. For me, that's the most important. Jesus being a lover of Jesus, because that's where you get your boldness. 
That's where you get your confidence in Jesus. So for me, being loud and strong. I mean, I remember being in KT and the missions director at the time said to me, go out and lead an evangelism team in the Bible school. I didn't even know what an evangelism team was. I, I was worried. I was stressed. I used to be in a choir and I used to sing really good back then. And uh, I remember the youth leader telling me, Christian's going to well, give a testimony tonight. I remember just hide, trying to hide away. Like, dude, don't ask me to share a testimony. What am I going to say? And the truth is, I didn't have a testimony. The truth is, I hadn't met with Jesus yet. I was just singing in a choir. And I think for me, when I received the fire of God and Jesus changed me from the inside out, then I had something to say. And so when Phil, the missions director, asked me, go and lead a team, I didn't have a clue. And so I remember praying to God, God, help me do this. And I remember being in prayer, in a prayer meeting with a bunch of people. And I'd been on the street six months and I hadn't preached. I was so scared. I was looking at other people. And you might be out there tonight thinking, I look at people preaching in the street and sharing Jesus like it's the most natural thing. But that is not natural to me. And I remember seeking God and something happened to me in that prayer meeting. I got on my knees and began to weep uncontrollably for the lost. And this scripture came to me. It says, listen, God was broken or grieved because of the sin of humanity. Genesis 6 verse 6. And I didn't even know it was a Bible verse. And I broke before the Lord the whole night seeking God. And when I went to the street, I saw a first person get so convicted of their sin. They knelt down at the crate where we were preaching. And shortly after that, I received this boldness from the Lord. I went on mission to Finland and I was determined to get a breakthrough. And I think for me, that's the key of evangelism. You know, a key to boldness is just being determined to seek after God and be persistent like the Gentile woman. And I remember going to Finland. The missions director again asked me to preach. I got up and preached a five minute message. And that was enough to break that spirit of fear from my life. I went to Leicester Square a week later after that mission and I preached my first sermon for one hour. I mean, you couldn't stop me. I was so fired up. I mean, talk about preacher writers. I was so fired up that I lost my voice and I couldn't speak anymore. But I thought, I've got to preach the gospel. Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. So in the pouring rain, I put the, the ladder there again. I said, I'm going to preach again. And so for an hour, I literally cried out. My voice was literally ripped apart. And for me, that describes passion. I think once God gives you the passion to share about Jesus, you've got to do it. So if for an average person, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think there are any average Christians, but, you know, like, how do you how are the some of the effective ways to evangelize Christian? Like you're talking about street evangelism, you know, and I know that the, you, you've trained on evangelism. So can you say some of the different ways that we can evangelize or how can we become better at reaching out with the gospel? Yeah, I, th I think the thing is to make a step of faith to get uh -huh. to know people in your community and to be bold. Because I think the spirit of fear really disables people. And that's what we've seen during the lockdown. People are even more scared than ever before. And God's waiting for a confident, bold church. I think for me as a church, we need to teach people how we can break that spirit of fear. And how do we do that on a regular basis? So in my neighborhood, during the lockdown, we went from knowing five people in our local community to 14 by simply knocking on doors, handing out cakes and getting to know people and caring. Started a WhatsApp group, started conversing with people in our community. We prayed for our first person on our doorstep since we've moved in. And we've had conversations with people in our neighborhood. And so people have got to start doing that. They've got to start talking up the gospel. I think the second thing is don't be scared that you don't have all the answers. 
begin to ask questions. And I think we, we want to go in there and tell people, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. Well, that's not even the gospel. Jesus saves. Jesus forgives. And he's ready, if you believe in him, to forgive you and give you a relationship with God. We need to preach the good news. And so I'd say before we preach the good news or give them the gospel, we need to ask questions and find out where they're at. And I remember talking to someone about different issues in society, and it became apparent that he didn't have a faith. He was so scared of the vaccine and the virus. And he was he was saying, how come you're so confident? And I think Christians have an opportunity in this hour to be confident in the gospel because our security is already purchased in heaven right now. We have a relationship with God and we should start asking questions right now. Remember Jesus at the woman at the well? He just asked a question. And the question was, "Will if you die tonight, will you go to heaven? No, it wasn't. It was, can I have a drink? That was it. Can I have a drink? And from then, he began to present himself as the answer to that woman's problems. And I think for me, that's that's all we can do during this hour is ask questions, find out where people are at in terms of their eternal security and their relationship with God. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, provide answers to them. Be led by the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. I do like how, you know, asking questions and not being because everybody thinks that we need to have all the answers, you know, and it's only Jesus who really has all the answers. So when we lead them to Jesus, I think that is, um, you know, that itself is their answer. So a um, couple of things, you know, I, I know of your testimony with regard to your brother, but um, I want to ask this question. How do you deal with situation where you've shared the gospel with friends and family? You know, you have taken the efforts, but they haven't fully received it or they haven't received it. How do you keep being faithful in sowing seeds, Christian? I think I think the first thing tonight I would say is prayer. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we, we've got to be praying for these people on a regular basis. And, and certainly in my life, you know, I've wanted to, to pray. I prayed for a week for my brother to be saved and then it didn't happen. So I just gave up and I didn't pray anymore. And I think mm-hmm. we need to be consistent, like drip feed, keep sowing, keep turning over the soil. I think the second thing is loving people. You know, people know whether you're authentic or not, especially your family members and your friends, you know, and your work co- colleagues. You know, they, they know. And you've got to keep being faithful. I'm not saying be perfect. They need to know you're not perfect, but they need to know you care. Where, where are they going to go when there's a problem? They're going to come to you who knows God. And so loving people and, you know, like the testimony of my brother, 18 years away from God before the lockdown. He calls me very scared. Is this the last days? I'm worried. Um, is Jesus coming? I thought, well, do you, you didn't believe in Jesus. Do you even believe in Jesus? And I said, listen, the best thing you can do is not talk about conspiracy or get caught up in any news. Go into your room and give your life back to Jesus. Make your peace with God. And two weeks later, that's exactly what he did. He knelt down and he asked Jesus to forgive him. And he phones me and says, that's what I did. And he's he's, he's continued to move forward in his faith and move forward. And he's had this real encounter with God, even the fact that he's learning Hebrew and and he's speaking about Yeshua and he's getting more radical about Jesus. And I think for me, we just got to keep loving people. And my other brother is not, you know, following God at the moment. And that's what we got to do. We just got to keep loving people. And the more we can love them with the love of God and be authentic, I think that's going to be the determining factor, prayer and the love of God. That's, That's the most important for me. 
Um, I'm going to ask you, actually, I just really feel a strong my spirit. There are a lot of people who've spoken to family members and or friends and it hasn't been received. And you just shared your testimony of, about your brother. You know, um, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, according to the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Could you just pray for those who are struggling right now with friends and family and just release uh, a word over them, Christian, please? No, definitely. I, I just want to say one thing for the as well is that we've got to provide answers to these people you know, of the things that they have against God or questions they have about faith. And the Alpha course has been uh, farmed out that has a lot of questions as well. But we personally have to take responsibility to answer the questions that these people have right now. Now, even when we answer those questions, they might not turn to Christ because it's about breaking up the father ground. But at least as Christians and the authenticity of the gospel, we've got to provide answers. And often we've failed, haven't we, when we've just said, oh, I don't know the answer to that question, or we've got caught up in an argument and a debate. We have to provide solid answers to people's questions, and that's part of the journey. So let's begin to pray right now, especially if you're discouraged right now. Let's begin to pray. And you begin to name the people in your life who are not following God right now, family members, friends, and work colleagues. Father, we lift up everybody right now, and we pray the prayer of faith. And we just believe that you're able to turn the hearts of our family back to you. Turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children back to the fathers. Where there's been mistakes, bring forgiveness of sins. And Lord, bring restoration. And Lord, we believe you that families, whole families, are going to turn to you during this season in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, those of us who live in a community, put a family on our heart. Put a son or daughter on our heart to begin to share the gospel with them in Jesus' name. Let it come like a burden in the night. Now, let us release intercession that souls will be saved in Jesus' name. And Lord, if we've been discouraged and we've stopped, let us open up our hearts again and begin to share, ask questions in Jesus' name. Lord, let each of us have an encounter with you right now tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's powerful, Christian. Um, You know, you know the the art you know capstone church that we started off on the street street evangelism you were so much part of it in, in the initial stages we were all on the streets of east london mission you know almost every week and um and once a church was planted so um and i mean because we had such a rich evangelism heritage in that sense I was very shocked when, like years as a pastor, people came and spoke to me and said, there is actually some sort of conflict between um, evangelists and pastors. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's sometimes, not conflict, maybe friction is a better word. But, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so, you know, as you know, you, you functioned in so many roles and I've seen you operate so well uh, handling, but how does a church better embrace an evangelist? And what, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think the first thing is understanding. I mean, Colin Dye in Kensington Temple, apostolic leader of KT, taught us over the years to understand the five-fold ministry. And I think the first mm -hmm. thing is some pastors simply don't believe in the five-fold ministry. They believe that the pastor is there and there's the sheep and the 50 people or the 100 people that they have. We need to transform our thinking that church is about team, team-led ministry, not just about an individual-led ministry. And so the right. theology of church and the understanding of leadership needs to change. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't need to be a leader. There needs to be an apostolic leader or a clear leader leading the church, but it needs to function as an apostolic team where we have prophets, evangelists, apostles, uh, pastors and teachers 
And let's face it, they have different functions. And so it's like a football team, isn't it? We have strikers, we have defenders, we have midfielders. And unfortunately, we have substitutes as well. No one wants to be a substitute, but everybody has a function. And so I think firstly, pastors and evangelists need to understand that it's about team-led ministry. I think what can a pastor do is, is the church itself needs to become evangelistic in order to accommodate an evangelist. Often an evangelist is asked to come and sit down in a service and become part of the local church. And then what that means is he's not released to preach the gospel, um, not released to take the, the disciples and bring them out on the street. And he's not released in ministry. And off the evangelist is saying, come on, pastor, why don't you bring your church on Sunday to preach the gospel on the street? Well, the, the pastor has to function and look after the sheep. He has to care for the sheep. They have to meet in groups during the week and they have to mature in the faith. They have to be discipled. So I think an evangelist has to understand that sheep need to mature and need to be discipled. And a pastor needs to transform his understanding when it comes to fivefold ministry. I think the other thing is some evangelists, we've just been immature over the years. And the church cannot just be purely evangelistic ministry. It needs to have a balance. And often evangelists have not been planted and they've not been rooted in the local church. And they're not growing themselves spiritually. Colin in KT taught us this. That it's about we need to be rooted. I heard an evangelist say the other day he was looking for the key to his ministry uh, about impact. And God said to him, if you go deeper in your ministry, if you make sure that your ministry is deeper, I'll ensure that your ministry is wider. And what God was saying that don't focus on the width and the influence of your ministry. Focus on the depth of your spiritual maturity in Jesus Christ. And then automatically you're going to see the difference made. So I think for the evangelist. He needs to make sure that he's maturing, that his relationship with God is sorted out, that he's accountable and that he's moving forward in a team as well. And so that's what I would say tonight um, in the limited time that we have tonight to share on that anyway. I mean, that's you've brought in. So uh, you, that was fantastic. Um, I have one more question for you. I have a lot of questions for you, but um, because of time, what does revival look like or what does revival and evangelism look like for you? Christian? Such an easy question to answer. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I love John Wesley. You know, he said, set me on fire that the world will watch watch it and see me burn. And set me on fire, you know, it, it, that, for me, that that's revival right there. You know, I remember in the early days when I was a teenager and I remember going to Windsor, I encountered some guy in the middle of Windsor and I told him, I said, listen, you need to get radical for God. I remember laying hands on him and he fell into the power of God. Well, I left him there on the deck. I don't know what happened to him, but he had an encounter with God right there in the middle of the field. And you know what? Maybe I should have picked him up and asked him a bunch of questions. But for me, I was so excited. Boom, the fire of God hit it. And for me, it's about being on fire for Jesus. That, that's what revival is all about, being close to Jesus. I think the second thing is, it, you know, it is about millions of souls. It is about miracles. It is about people falling under conviction. But for me, it's about souls being saved. You, that's revival. Some people out there tonight, they've never seen a soul saved. They've never seen someone melt and pray to receive Jesus. And I remember in the lockdown, we were in Cardiff and a woman was weeping in the middle of the street. One of the pastors actually told me, don't come to Cardiff. It's shut. It's closed. The shops are not even open. Well, guess what? We arrived when the shops were open. Daniel Chan was leaving, leading the charge and there's loads of evangelists on the street. And a woman was weeping with a baby, giving her life to the Lord. And I thought for myself, that's revival right there. This woman 
is in need. She needs Jesus. And in a moment, she has this encounter and this experience with God. So for me, if you're going to explain a little bit more about revival, revival is there for the church. The church needs to be revived. And for me, that simply means falling in love with Jesus. I think it's a Jonathan Butler song, isn't it? Falling in love with Jesus. That's the best place I want to be. Closer and closer to Jesus. And if I can experience Jesus for myself, then I can give him to someone else. And when I see that someone else is experiencing Jesus, for me, that's revival. Praise God. Um, you wanted to show a picture. You asked the team to show a picture. And we're going to segue into that. Oh, we talking, yeah, we were going to talk about door-to-door -door evangelism. And so, yes. yeah, you know, methods of evangelism is important as well. But let's show that picture of door-to-door -door evangelism. Why don't we show that picture right now? Oh, hallelujah. There's Prilly doing door-to-door -door evangelism. It's amazing. You know, one of the things that I'd like to say tonight, that church leaders do need to model evangelism. Uh, if we're talking about keys to evangelism, church leaders need to model evangelism. And seeing Pretty there, that's on my doorstep, giving us some chocolates, by the way. And, and you were not just doing it for us. You were doing it for loads of other people, giving them Bibles during this season and just being an example. And I remember Colin Dye and KT, he said, listen, in September, I think it was in the 90s, every day in September, we're going to the street to preach the gospel. Every staff member is going to preach the gospel and every church member is going to preach the gospel. And I remember spending a week with Colin Dye on the street and his motive was simply this. You know what? I want to model evangelism in the church. I'm not the best at evangelism. I've got loads of other things to do in KT. I think at that point, KT was something like 17,000 people of 200 something churches that were being planted at the time. 500 fellowships across, you know, London. And Colin just said, you know what? I want to be authentic. And I think that's one of the things that leaders can do today is just simply model. And if that's dropping gifts off at people's doors or heading to the street or visiting people in hospital, if leaders do it and then they take their disciples like Jesus did, then we've got a hope. We've got a hope of winning the nation to God, especially if churches can get out during this time and model that in, a, in an amazing way. Amen. I, look, guys, Christian wanted to show that picture, okay? And I got a message from our team saying, Christian wants to show the picture. And I was like, I'm just going to let him have, I didn't know where you were going with it. But I just realized I came to an evangelist doorstep and I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, but um, I've got a video of um, something, what you're going to be doing that's coming up. And I mean, I can feel the fire of God and the purpose of God as Christians speaking. How many of you can feel this? Like, you know that there is an anointing of of God on what Christian is saying. And I believe that at this time, that God is actually dropping strategies during lockdown. And Christian is going to be doing things, I think, towards the end of April and May. So I would encourage all of you, you know, the word of God says that go ye into the nations. That means who? Us. You go, you into the nation. So I just want to put up this video. Um, uh, Edmund, can we put it up so that people can, and then I want to find, uh, speak and find out about how we can join this. People to keep holding up the gospel, yes. but it's the power of God yes. that is going to shape and change our nation. Amen. Yes. God wants to save you. He released forgiveness on the cross. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because Jesus said, 
during 2020 and 2021 christian th these videos that you've got you know i love the fact that uh you you and actually you know daniel change a lot of your eva the evangelist you know the evangelist gang you know you guys were on the streets yeah, yeah. the gang of you know and um evangelist you know the evangelist evangelist and you guys took it as an opportunity the lockdown became an opportunity and i know the tremendous story so i would actually love to and encourage people if you know evangelists or if you know people that you know like um like christian was saying someone identified that he was an evangelist in him and that actually st started the ball rolling over christian's yeah, that life was and even, that was even before i was an evangelist that was I even was before yeah, and so you know, we all know. Yeah, we all know people who are, you know, you can see. And I would encourage you to, you know, the M16 revival. You guys have training. See, I, Christian, you trained me on street evangelism. You mm -hmm. said I need to learn how to preach the gospel in two minutes, in uh, ten minutes, in fifteen minutes, and in thirty minutes. You know, the two minutes was in a you use the McDonald's as a, a, a the McDonald's line. You know, mm -hmm. and so see the. There is training that you walking with you have seen people get on fire. So if he, if you're feeling a little bit fireless, walk with Christian. You'll get on fire. He will push you and he will passion you. Well, definitely. <laughs> you know? I, think, I, think, I think the key thing is we need to just take responsibility. If I was leaving anything tonight with people, it's the responsibility that we have to hold up the gospel. Um, for me, I think we're battling for a thousand years of Christianity in the nation right now. We're not just battling for Wesley, but literally the roots of our faith are at stake. And we need to keep pressing in and reseeding the nation with the gospel. Uh, every town, every city, I think there's 48,000 or 49,000 towns and villages in the UK that all need reseeding. We all see these small chapels closed and turned into bed and breakfasts. And it's not about reopening those buildings, but it is about reopening the gospel in those towns and those villages. And so we need 49,000, 48,000 evangelists right now in the nation. And so that teeny bopper evangelists, 20, 20s, 30s, you know, X generation, Z generation. I mean, every millennial generation evangelists, every type of evangelist we need right now. And I love Daniel Chand and Dominic Lemur who are leading the charge on this. Some of these grassroots guys and they've been stirring me. So I want to honor them tonight. And there's loads of other people. Jonathan Conratti was in Watford. I think he's here today and tomorrow. There's loads of us out there. And I think for me, the church just needs to be praying and getting alongside evangelists and evangelistic ministry because that's the spearhead right there, isn't it? Not that we're at. We don't have to be at the front, but God uses evangelists on the forefront to spearhead breakthrough in towns and regions in the nation. And I think that's what's happening right now. Um, Christian, um, I know that you and I, Rakesh, you and I, we went to Norwich, I think it was in 2000, 
uh, six or two, even before we did the ministry, you, we were you were going to hold a crusade, but we went in there and prayed. I really feel in my spirit like uh, the same way as Daniel Nash prepared the way, you know, for for Finley to uh, Finney to enter into a place. Um, I also feel that you know one of the things that I want to do is I want to stand with you, and I um, I um, I'm going to see if we can set up a team, and who goes in and prays before and then there's also the team that can evangelize with you so mm -hmm. i really i feel the question i was going to ask you is what is the lord speaking to you at this current season but i really want to catch on to that word you said reseeding the nation you mm -hmm. know and as capstone church which i'm the you know we, we you're part of capstone we're we're the leaders in capstone let's take this on in 2021 christian that you know, um, I, I know this is not this is off the books in terms of what we discussed, but For let's sure. go with the, at the leading of the spirit. And you know, those of you who want to join in, there will be there will be a, there will be the forerunners, and there will be the runners who will go and evangelize. So I think you need to join either the senders or the goers. You know, and uh, and um, I think let's let's do this, reseed the nation, and I think that's a call over the church right now. Um, I really feel it very strongly, and um, and you know, um, um, we you, anyone who wants to know more about Christian and um, Christian and Toyin, Toyin's his beautiful wife, um, one of I'm the a Nigerian. We have lovely spicy red stew and um, jollof jollof rice, you know, and uh, plantain. So you can come to our house at any time, you know, and uh, enjoy that. We've got three lovely kids as well, so keep us in your prayers. Yeah, and Toyin is an amazing woman of God. Um, I do, I do love her from my from my heart a lot. And um, you know, so your website is www, which no one says anymore. Okay, dot m sixteen revival dot com, or you can find m sixteen revival on Facebook or Instagram. Um, yeah. On YouTube, you've got the Christian Light channel. And uh, Christian, it has been a pleasure and an honor. Um, to host you tonight and um and i honestly i heard about you even before i came to the uk because rakesh my husband loves you <laughs> thank you rakesh big it up rakesh <laughs> and um you know um during when i was in india um rakesh would keep going christian this christian that christian this and i'm like we're all christians you know and but coming and meeting you um and you know, being where we are today, just it really has been a privilege. And um, we love you guys. We love the whole family. And I know it's a mutual love. So thank you so much for joining us. Can we all give a stretch out our hands toward Christian and Toyin and say, bless you, bless you, bless you. Amen. You know, amen. and amen. And, yeah, bless you. And I will, uh, I'm going to be in touch. I think we need to um, see how we can stand together um and see um uh, how we can go into places and pray i really loved what we did for norwich i don't know if you remember this but i remember it you know and uh we will because you that was strategy you taught christian and so it's really good I and next got, i think you got to do it and you got to send your spy out teams and dig up the ground and then recognize what the holy spirit's doing and just do it sure. You know, I think there's a lot of people praying, but not so much doing, isn't it? We've got to do both, isn't it? Wait, where praying. are you going next, Christian? Do you know, or can you, or do you want to let me know privately, and then I'll organize? No, we're, we're actually going. We're going to Norwich. Um, that's a date's coming up soon. Then we'll be going to Kings Lynn. The idea was to do the East Coast, just that little 
bit that sticks out of the country on the Norwich, uh, Suffolk and Norfolk. So to do a little tour around there, we'll do a little prayer tour. But we're definitely going to Norwich. We're definitely going to Felixstowe. We're definitely going to Kings Lynn. So that's coming up today um, anyway. So you can watch out for that. And we'll have the details on m16revival.com and the Instagram. I think the Instagram and the website are the two main things that you can keep up to date on. But do pray into that as well. Sure. The East We're Coast of the nation is, is essential to reach and to pray into as well. So Is Hastings there, Christian? No, Hastings is in the south um, the last time I checked. Is it? I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> no, there is, saying all that, there is some talk about Brighton, um, uh, Worthing, um, covering that side of things as well. There's some evangelists down there. And certainly when we did the Daniel Chan meeting, Daniel put together with Tanya uh, in the east coast, uh, east, southeast, um, there was a, a revival, revive weekend. We just felt that the south was going to open up. Um, and that was before this lockdown. I think the Sunday night of that meeting, the lockdown kicked in. So we know that something's opening up in that area, in that region as well. And certainly Kent. I believe Kent's going to uh, burst in revival. It's the Garden of England, they say. It's the first place that uh, Augustine landed in 597, where he brought 40 bishops and evangelized the nation within seven years. Could it be in seven years we could reseed this nation? Seven years received the nation just like Augustine in 597 in seven years he went to heaven and he died his mission was done and so I think we can do that I think all these areas Kent Suffolk Norfolk especially this eastern coast uh, needs receding with the gospel and why not start with the garden of of England you know so I think we're going to do this and so those of you are interested uh, please share this um like us on um like us on Facebook and YouTube and um, comment, share the stream so that it, it goes out and um, reseeding the nation is going to be our um, our um, mantra or whatever for the season. Um, and so thank you so much. Uh, see cool, you guys. soon, Christian. Bye. Bless you guys. And Good night. So next week, I've got Liz Wright with uh, with me here. Liz is a prophet, international speaker, and she's a mentor. Um, she's also going to bring the fire of the Lord. So April 15th at 7 p.m., I've got Liz Wright. So that's next week. So join me next week. And those of you who've been touched by today's show, comment, like, share, and, um, and get in touch with us, actually. Um, and I think our details are there, so the team will be... Um, will be available. So I really feel I'm looking for people who will forerun this and those who will run um, with Christian and um, the evangelists who are working. So I think there are two jobs that we need to do. So praise God. So hallelujah. Have a great week. Bye.